is up everybody welcome to whatever with jason soto the comedy podcast that literally talks about whatever uh i am your host jason soto and today i am joined by my super special co-host uh he is a longtime friend of mine i've known him for a while and he has had the unpleasure task of editing my books which i'm surprised he has not gone crazy and admitted himself to the insane asylum or did a joker on us by now um but uh give it up to my pal steve honeywell what's up steve i think you're uh you're working under the assumption that i wasn't already in an institution when you sent me those books jason <laughs> <laughs> well, this certainly didn't, it didn't help. I tell you that. I, I when I, as I was writing this, I'm like, I feel sorry for the poor person. I get to edit this, and uh, then you were like, I'll do it, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry ahead of time. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I was I've been an English teacher. I was an English teacher. I don't really don't teach English that much anymore, but I was an English teacher for years. Like, it was not anywhere close to the worst things that were turned into me. Right. I've had students send me a ten word email with eleven mistakes. <laughs> how do you misspell your own first name I, I, you would never know <laughs> unbelievable but yeah so i mean you know <laughs> all right here you go vedward <clears throat> <clears throat> uh all right so today on the show we're gonna talk about uh toxic masculinity Ooh. uh we're gonna see uh how both steve and i handle movie burnout and uh, we're going to talk about stuff that no longer exists anymore, that used to exist 20 years ago. Uh, but first, I need to talk about South Park. Uh, Steve, do you watch South Park? I used to. Okay, when did you stop watching South Park? <sighs> a while ago. Okay. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of TV in general, so I mean, it wasn't specifically that I stopped watching South Park. I kind of just stopped watching TV. Oh, all right. Fair enough. So it was just because the the stop watching TV was the reason why you stopped watching South Park. There was yeah. no like, okay. So I would I well, I'll still say I'm still a fan of South Park, just not as big of a fan as I was. Um, a few years ago, they started doing this thing that kind of annoyed me, where <clears throat> so every episode was just kind of its own like thing like it was no arching plot there was no storyline it was just each episode was about this it got resolved in 30 minutes sometimes they'll have it like you know a two episode hour special thing um and that'd be it and then they'll move on to something else a few years ago they started doing like these weird like storylines and they didn't like you know <clears throat> there was no announcement that they're doing this or no news broke out about it it just happened and I remember watching the episode, and I was like, this is not going to end in, like, five minutes. So I thought, okay, it's a two-part episode. That's fine. And then the next episode, I did it again. And then I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So they were doing these, like, long storyline things. And they introduced this character named PC Principal. And this was kind of, like, their jab at how, like, society and pop culture, like, says South Park is not PC. Because they were always, like, you know, making fun of people or making fun of the handicap and stuff like that. And people would get offended. So they introduced this PC principal character to kind of jab at that. Did you see any PC principal episodes, Steve? Nope. Got no idea what you're talking about. All right. So, <laughs> all right, so, this, so, so you stopped watching long before that. All right. Well, so yes. I, I stopped watching kind of right around this time. Um, 
just because I just was like didn't like the way the show was direction was you know was taking. Um, so last week I watched a new episode for the first time in like five years because they referenced like nonstop all these board games. Like suddenly they just got into board games on like South Park. And they started mentioning, like, real board games that, like, really exist. Like, they had, like, Star Trek Agency. They had, like, Terraforming Mars and Blood Rage. And these are all, like, real games that actually exist. And it's like, holy shit. So the board game world was freaking out about it. And so I was like, well, let me check this episode out see what's going on. And it turned out the board game thing was, like, half the episode. The other half focused on PC Principal and his wife... Which ended up being called Strong Woman. <laughs> okay. And her whole thing is um, she's a strong woman and that she work, like works out and does like, you know, competitions and marathons and stuff like that. And she's into like CrossFit or whatever. And then they have kids and they call them the PC Babies. <clears throat> and so that storyline involved uh, the strong woman uh getting into a competition and uh and uh getting beat by a trans woman but it ended up being this guy who's just claiming to be a woman just so he can beat women at these games that was kind of what the whole joke was and okay. and for some reason the guy they made the guy macho man Randy Savage for some reason <laughs> Okay. I don't know why they picked that. I guess they had to pick like they had to go stereotypical douchebaggy guy, so they picked that for some reason. Um, but it's supposed to be well. I mean, it's he's like a Macho Man type. They didn't call him Macho Man. He had a regular name like I don't know, like Joe Johnson or something. But uh, he was like, I identify as a woman. My name is Heather, and I'm entering these competitions as a woman. And so he would like beat all these women. And it turned out he used to date strong woman, and he got mad that she was stronger than him. So he then decided to say he was tr- a trans woman, and he now identifies as a woman so he could beat her in these competitions. And so people online got mad. <laughs> okay. And the, um, and people online were like, uh, oh, this is such a transphobic episode, and I can't believe that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are so transphobic in doing that. And I'm like, I don't really think they're transphobic. I think they're making fun of asshats who think that way. Like, like, I, like Steve, like, what do you think? Like, Because, um, you know, there are guys online who are like, oh, I should pretend to be a woman and go join, like, the women's marathon and win and all that stuff like 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 from what what i was saying like what do you think i i think that i mean it's hard to say you know i the 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 joy of south park that i remember from when i watched it you know i don't what season is it up to now like like 21 it's like 23 now yeah. okay i mean i haven't watched it in ages but i mean one of the things that was always interesting about it was that it managed to you know by saying one thing piss off everybody right you know, piss off. You know, it's going to piss off the the people who are pro trans and, and anti trans, mm-hmm. just by saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, I you know who knows what their actual position is. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I, do you remember when Fight Club came out? Yeah. Yeah. Half the people thought it was pro fascist, and half the people thought it was anti fascist. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. You know? Um, and it could be read either way, and you know, the, the more you look into it, the more you realize that the guy who wrote Fight Club is a gay man talking about toxic masculinity. So, right. you know, the, the the first time you watch, you know, Fight Club, you think, "Wow, that's you know, that's a really cool movie." And you watch it a couple more times, you're like, "Wow, is this kind of pro-Nazi?" <laughs> and then you watch it a couple more times, you're like, "Wow, this is like a gay rom-com." <laughs> You know, so I, I guess that's true. I never thought about that. So I mean, it could go any way. I I, I I don't know. I mean, I see where the people where people might get upset by it, but again, was that their intent? Who knows? Well, I mean, so in the episode, they they made a point to call it out, like the whole because the uh, the PC principal guy. He was uh, he was upset that this trans woman was beating his wife in all these competitions, and so he uh, confronted the the trans woman, and uh, the, the 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 trans woman character uh, kept saying he was a, he was a he was a he was transphobic for even you know suggesting this and like oh you're transphobic because I'm because you won't let me comp- compete and you, you you think I'm faking this and blah 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 and the guy's like no I, I completely support you know trans people and trans men and women and you know trans you know if a man becomes a woman and goes to competitions that's one thing but like it was very obvious like you know in the episode that the guy was doing it to beat women uh, right you know in, in the competition and so um and so they made like a point to like say like oh no the the PC babies are not gonna like this and they were referencing their kids in the show but you know it was like a subtle nod to like the real life quote unquote PC babies right because um, they kept saying that like oh no I'm upsetting the PC babies and I disappointed the PC babies and, I, you know and and this is I mean I I get where they're going with that and again that's kind of their their thing is they're going to piss off everybody. Yeah. I got to tell you though, uh, anytime somebody argues against political correctness, like yeah. oh we have to be politically correct. You know what? You know what the other word for political correctness is? What? It's politeness. Nah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have I have a a friend, a, a pretty good friend. Um She's a librarian one town over. We do a movie night once a once a month in her library. Mm. Uh, we call it movies for adults to separate it from adult movies. Uh, <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Because I mean, like, okay, so for instance, or the movie we're going to do in December, um, we're going to do a Christmas movie. Can you guess what we're going to watch? Uh, Die Hard. Of course. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. We're watching Die Hard because um, it's not Christmas until we see Hans Gruber fall off Nakatomi Plaza. I have a shirt that says that. Right. So, and we first Saturday of the month. So, first Saturday of the month, we're watching Die Hard, and you pay a dollar that we donate to the library to to buy movies for the library's collection. Okay. And like, I bring beer, and she brings candy, and like, we eat popcorn and candy and drink beer and watch movies. It's a lot of fun. Well, her youngest child is transgendered. Okay. Um, and I only know her child is Tom. I've never known her child is anything other than Tom. So Tom is just Tom. Right. Right. Um. But like, if you know, if if Tom had been introduced to me as as a different name, then I would call Tom that name. Uh-huh. You know, if someone introduces themselves to me and says they're they're you know a man, okay, fine, you are. You know, if if it's if that's PC to call somebody by the thing they want to be called, then guilty. You know, right. that's just me not being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. 
mean, really? No, oh, we have to be so. Oh, we have to be politically correct. All you're saying when somebody says, "Oh, I don't want to have to be politically correct," is, "I want to be an asshole to people." That's all they're saying. Yeah. So you know, I don't have. I have a very short, you know, uh, temper for that kind of thing. Eh, you want to be an right. asshole, and I'm going to just give it back to you. I have. I have very little um, patience for that. Fair point. Um, but I also want, I want to say that I don't think tr- tr- uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were being transphobic in the episode because they were making nods to it. Like they were flat out saying that people actually think that way. And, you know, it might be like a very delicate, you know, topic and situation because like, well, how would you handle that in real life if this guy... I don't think anyone actually did this in real life. There's just a bunch of like you know blowhards who want to say, "Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna, you know, join the join the Special Olympics and beat oh, all it, of them people." But people have said that, right? But they don't actually do it. <laughs> That's right? The but people have said like, "Oh, you know, if I knew this was an option when I was a kid, I would have pretended to be a girl so I could be in the girls' locker room." Yeah, yeah still, of course like you that. would. Of course yeah, yeah, you yeah. would have put yourself through all of that shit till you could be in the girls' locker room. Yeah, yeah you would have done that. Mm-hmm. Of course you would have. So, so I just kind of want to say that anyone out there that was offended by South Park, a good job you played into their game because they meant they meant to do it, and b this is not the first time and most definitely will not be the last time that South Park is going to do something controversial. I mean, that's kind of what the fuck they're known for is just doing controversial shit like all the goddamn time. Like, remember the right. Scientology thing? Like that was like a huge deal when they did that whole dig on Scientology. They did a dig on like Mormons, like they particularly yeah, make fun of Mormons. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the whole um, um, trapped in the closet thing. Yeah, yeah. So sure, you know they're constantly like you know being controversial, and you could, you know, you could be like, oh, they're that guy that just says controversial things for attention, but they also bring up good points along as they're doing it. Like they're not just like you know doing a trans you know a transgender episode just you know be dicks they're actually bringing spotlight to the intention you know on on this whole thing that people are actually like this and think this way and maybe they shouldn't be doing that so right so this is actually kind of an interesting segue i'm kind of i'm kind of glad this happened because this goes into the uh other topic i want to talk about is the whole toxic masculinity thing and I'm calling it toxic masculinity, um, which you know we can we can dive into that. But my issue with it is the whole thing of um, you're not a man unless you do this. Um, so, for an example, uh, about God, it had to been at least 15 years at this point. Jesus Christ, um, we're old, Jason. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Yeah, just wait until the first number changes on your birthday, man. <laughs> um, I had one of those a couple of years ago. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny, though, is I still celebrate my birthday. Like, I really enjoy my birthday. Like, I don't See, I don't let that bother me. I, I don't. A couple of years, I turned 50 a couple of years ago, and okay. uh, my wife says to me, so how do you feel? Yeah, I feel exactly the same, you know. Yeah. Yesterday, I was, you know, 49 years old and 364 days old and today i'm you know 50 years old two days later i got a i got something from the from the aarp hey join the aarp i'm like oh fuck i'm old (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel now i need a cane (laughs) 
<laughs> I just my back immediately hurt. Like, oh yeah, man, I mean, I what have, the fuck? Uh... They have it down to the day, man. Like, yeah. I I turned fifty and I got some from the AARP. And by the way, I am a member, so. Oh, all right. Enjoy those, <laughs> enjoy those sweet, sweet discounts. Oh, hey, you know, uh, the, the benefit that, that they had, they don't have any more, was if you went to Dunkin' Donuts and bought a drink, you got a free donut. Ooh, sweet. So I'm thinking, you know, hey, you know, just for the amount that it might that my membership costs, which is actually surprisingly cheap, um, I could make it up in free donuts in no time. So, anyway. <laughs> so, they, so, they, so did they give you your standard issue uh, Jitterbug phone and Werther candies? I like Werther candies, but I do not See? have it. Ah. <laughs> I do like Werther's, man. They're good. I anyway, do not. <laughs> anyway, I completely derailed you. So No, no. That's the whole point of the show. So this could have been – that the optional title to this was Derailed with Jason Soto. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So anyway, something that happened apparently 15 years ago uh, regarding read, toxic – I used to read Maxim Magazine. Same. Okay. So let me see if the same thing happened to you. So I used to read it for probably the obvious reason. Um but I also read it because some of the articles were actually kind of humorous. They were funny. They did movie reviews. They talked about pop culture. They had some actual like kind of interesting, serious articles. Like one I read was about the P- the BTK killer. If you know who that okay, is. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is actually a, you know pretty cool man. So I was reading it for a little while, but then I was getting kind of worn down on it because a lot of stuff in there was about like, like you know, uh, if you don't drive a big Dodge Ram truck, you're not a man, and we're going to talk about football for 45 pages, and here's a special football episode, and and yeah, men go hunting and fishing and all this stuff, and I got like really tired of seeing all that stuff, because I'm not into any of that, I'm not into football, I don't like sports uh, at all, like I'm not into any sport whatsoever, um, I don't drive, and if I did, I wouldn't drive a giant ass truck, um, I don't do you know outside <clears throat> activities like hunting and f- I've never, I've never hunted. I've gone fishing when I was a kid and I didn't really enjoy it because it was fucking boring as shit. I can see it being relaxing. I'd understand if you just want to get away from the world and do something. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But I, it was not for me. It was boring as hell. And I, I was with my aunt who's really crazy. So she was making me nervous the whole time anyway because she kept thinking any minute now I was going to fall into the damn water. So she was making me all anxious anyway, so I couldn't enjoy myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just got tired of all that sh- seeing all that shit, so I stopped reading it. Um, so, like, what about you, like, Steve? Like, like what did that happen to you too? Okay, yes and no. Um, I will say that uh, um, I did used to be a sports fan, um, okay. and I can actually – track if i go back and like really look uh i could figure out what when it was that i stopped being a sports fan it was a conversation i had with my sister Mm. um it was a year that the the cubs were good it wasn't the year they won the world series it was like 2003 or four it was a year they were they were going to the playoffs um it was definitely before the white Sox won the world series um which was mid 2000s um and and i was a white Sox fan at the time Right. And uh, my sister said to me, well, if the Cubs go to the World Series, you're going to root for the Cubs. And I said, no, I'm a White Sox fan. She's like, but they're a Chicago team. I'm like, yes, so? She's like, but, but they're a Chicago team. You should root for a Chicago team. And I, I kind of very quickly went through this sort of mental process where I thought, okay, first of all, I don't live in Chicago. 
<laughs> I live, I live in, at the time I lived, I actually, no, I mean, I lived where I live now, which is like 60 miles away from Chicago. Yeah. You know, I tell people I live in the middle of a cornfield and that's not exactly true. But if you stood <laughs> on my, if you stood on my front lawn and pointed in front of yourself and turned a, a circle 360 degrees, you would be pointing at corn or soybeans within 15 minutes of every, <laughs> literally every direction. Um, for anyone who drives through the Midwest, you know, you drive past cornfields and they've got the signs out. Yeah. Like what kind of corn, like there's Pioneer and there's, you know, Wifles and all that kind of crap. Yeah. One of the corn brands is DeKalb. Oh. That's my town. Yeah. The, the, it's a, the Their symbol is an ear of corn with wings. That's <laughs> from my town. That was created here. DeKalb corn came from DeKalb freaking Illinois, which is where I live. When I say I live in a cornfield, that's what I'm freaking talking about. Our right. claim to fame as town is that, the, that you know, 200 years ago, a guy lived here who invented barbed wire. Oh. That's our claim to fame. We like Richard Jenkins grew up here and we have a barbed wire museum. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't live in Chicago. Barbed I don't live in Chicago. Museum? Yes. I don't live in Chicago. So if a Chicago team wins, what does that mean to me? And then I thought about it more. and I thought none of the players are from Chicago. Huh. They're all, they're all mercenaries. They're all from somewhere else. So like if, when I was a fan I mean, when I had this, these thoughts, I was a fan. I was an active fan of the Bulls, the Bears, the White Sox, the Blackhawks. And I thought, if, if the White Sox, who are my favorite team, and the Cubs, who are the team I hate because I'm a White Sox fan, traded rosters tomorrow, yeah, I would be a White Sox fan. <laughs> I'd be rooting for all of the players that I couldn't give a crap about yesterday. And all the players that I'm a fan of now, I wouldn't care about anymore because they're on the Cubs. All that means is I'm cheering for people who are wearing the same color shirt I am. I'm rooting for laundry. <laughs> and then I thought, what does it matter to me? Like if a Chicago team wins, if the Cubs won the World Series in 2003 or whenever this was, does that make me a better person? Does that make people want to hang out with me because I'm from the Chicago region? What does it matter to my life which team of overpaid crybaby steroid monkeys wins a trophy? <laughs> and from wow. that moment on, I just stopped giving a shit about sports. I haven't paid attention to sports in like 15 years because of that. Like I had that conversation like 10 minutes later. I was like, fuck it. I'm done with sports. Wow. But my reason for stopping reading Maxim Magazine was there was a, an article that was like – by this time in your life, you should have, like, you should have done this by the time you were 19. You should have done this by the time you were 20. Uh, and it stopped at an age that was four years younger than I was. Huh. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm too old for this magazine now, so screw it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, but so. Your reason oh. for, reading, for reading Maxim, as a guy I used to work with would say, he, he watched Baywatch for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's that's not wrong. <laughs> but um, I guess it's, I, so. I just wanted to say, and I, I'm hoping you feel the same way I do, is that I get why like advertising does what they do in that they they have they have to have a target. Like they have to have a clear target. They have to like say, here's a product. This is for men, and so we have to aim this at men. But I hate the way a lot of things for men are aimed for men because they make it sound like you're worthless, a worthless human being. If you're not into this thing, 
Like, does that make sense? No, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm a guy who was a stay-at-home dad. Okay. Now, I wasn't, that wasn't my, you know, it wasn't like my wife earned all the money and I stayed at home. I had a job that allowed me to work at home. Right, right. But, like, I was home with my kids. Like, when my, when my girls had, you know, grade school parties, like their Christmas party, I was the only dad that was there. But I was there because I was working at home and I could go do it. You know, I took kids to the doctor and I, you know, I was home. And that was like, that's really demasculating, if you allow uh, it to be. I'm uh, the guy who does, like, I do all the grocery shopping and all the cooking in my house. All right. You know, um, yeah. Christmas is coming and I don't buy gifts for my parents anymore. I make them gifts. And what do I make them? I make jelly and pickles. Oh. You know, I, I can food, which is like... Uh. You know, and the fact that I don't pay any attention to sports, I've had students literally say to me, well, are you gay then? Holy shit, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. you'd be surprised what students will, will ask you. Like, you know, the one student said, well, you know, you say you don't, you, you're like, you're not a racist, but what if your daughter comes home with a black boyfriend? What? <laughs> well, you know, my answer to that is, first of all, um, he's going out with my daughter. I'm going to hate him. <laughs> Okay. You know, both my, my younger daughter has a boyfriend right now, and every time I see him, he's a really nice kid. And by the way, for the people who are asking, like, what are you going to do if your daughter comes home with a black boyfriend? My daughter's boyfriend is Mexican. Um, oh, so she comes home with, 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 uh, with the Mexican boyfriend, who's really a nice kid. Um, and he's a horror movie nerd, so I love oh, him. Sweet. Um, you know, the joke is that he, he comes out to – he's dating my daughter because he really wants to date me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, hey, Manny, nice to see you. Keep your hands off my daughter. <laughs> you know? You know I, but, yeah, I mean, students will ask, you know, so you don't like football, are you gay? Man. Wouldn't my wife be shocked? I did have – I did <laughs> – I did have uh, some years ago um, – so I don't know if you remember Live Journal or if you ever heard of it or had one or whatever. Yeah, I remember it. Okay. I, I was never on Live Journal. Okay. But I remember it. Um, so I had one of those back when that was a thing. We're and, all angsty um, and shit, man. What'd you say? We all angsty and shit. Was it, yeah, was it no, I, I, you know what? Goth phase. I probably was angsty, I'm not gonna lie. Hey, nobody um, really understands me, man. Yeah, probably. I you know. <laughs> Hell, some some days I feel like that to this day. Eh, um, but, um, so, okay, so to explain really quick a live journalist to our younger demographic, uh, it was a website that, it was kind of like a blog, but before blogs was a thing, it was just a place you would write whatever, like, basically it was supposed to be, like, your thoughts, like a, like a, like how they had journals back in the day, you're supposed to, like, just write this, but on a website, and you had your own thing, and then you could, like... Have friends, and you can follow, you know, your friends' journals of what they wrote on there. Yeah, it was and an then, online open to the public diary. Yeah, basically. Okay, so I was on there, and then some random guy that I don't remember. I think I found him in like a, in like a comedy because there'd be like these groups, kind of like how Facebook has now. It was basically <laughs> Facebook before Facebook was a thing. It was basically what live journal <laughs> was. That's um, true. And uh, they used to have these groups, and there was, like, an MST3K group and, like, a comedy group and, you know, st whatever you're into, they had a group for it. And so there was this guy that I became friends with, and, uh, you know, he started following my journal. And I made some reference about not watching football because I think this was when the Bears and the Colts were in the Super Bowl. And, you know, me from being from outside of Chicago, kind of like what you just were saying – um, I was well, from but you're, you're close to you're in Indianapolis, though, and that's the the culture of the Indianapolis team. 
but I didn't live in Indianapolis at the time. I was living ah, okay. just outside of Chicago. Fair. And so my my fiance, well, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, but um, she was from Indianapolis. And so we had this weird, like, thing, like, oh, Chicago versus Indianapolis. This is fun. So we were watching it, and I made a joke. And I said something about, you know, I don't watch I don't watch the Super Bowl I, uh, for the sport. I watch it for the ads, um, which pisses off a lot of people for some reason. Right, um, and it's true. I only watch Super Bowl for the ads, because um, I mean they make a big deal about it. You know, they, these ads they spend like nine gajillion dollars to make an ad for, you know, for the Super Bowl. You know, better be damn good. Um, and so I, I do. I only watch Super Bowl just for the ads. And so I made that joke. And so some guy said something about, and I, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but these were some of the words he used. He said something about, "Oh, you don't watch football? I didn't know you had a vagina." Right. And so right. I was like, I was like, what the fuck did you say? And then I, I said, no, I'm just not into football. And he says, no, that's okay. I know a lot of women who's not into football. It's okay. So, yeah, I, I in front of that guy like immediately that day because he was pissing me off. And, yeah, I, I, and for what it's worth, I don't even watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Okay, what perfect. I have discovered for anyone else who's out there listening to this who is not a football fan, which is roughly half the country. Yeah. I mean, football's super popular, but, like, there's about 50% of the country that doesn't care about the Super Bowl. For, so for those of you who don't care about the Super Bowl, it is absolutely the best night of the year to go out to dinner. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> go to a restaurant that doesn't have a TV, and you'll hmm. be the only people there. Fair. That's cool. Service now... is great. Leave leave your server a big tip because you'll be their only person. that You'll be their only table. Leave them a big yeah. tip, but it's you'll have the best service of your life. It's a great it... night to go out is it getting harder though to find a restaurant that doesn't have a TV in it? Because every restaurant I go to seems to have a TV in it, and seems to have some kind of sport playing. That's um, that does seem to be the case. I mean, stay away from like a Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, but... yeah, yeah, but I meant like even if you go to like Chili's, they have TVs in Chili's. Right. Well, I mean, I, well, I that's why I'll go to like um, like there's a local Thai place here. They don't have TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go, 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 ethnic. Okay, so I guess you could do like. Uh... Maybe just do like a fast casual place because, like, sure. you know, Chipotle doesn't have a TV. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I'm trying to think like uh, <laughs> restaurants around me, like actual restaurants that don't have TVs. And I really, the only one I could think of, honestly, I think is IHOP and Crackle mm. Barrel. Yeah. I think those yeah. are the two places near me that do not have TVs in them. Well, it's, you know, scout out, scout around. Yeah. 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 But I'll, I'll ask, a, that's a I'll good ask idea, my though. brother. My brother's in Indy, you know, or one of my brothers lives in Indy. I'll ask him if he's got any good restaurants that don't have TVs. I'll let you know. But actually, since we're we're going <laughs> on that, um, that always annoyed me when I went to when we go out to restaurants. Would be if they had a TV, it was always turned to sports. Right. Like there was like it was always turned to sports, no matter, you know, and it wouldn't even be like a sports bar. Like you know, I can understand if we were at like you know Buffalo Wild Wings or. You know, one of those places like that. But, you know, we would be at like a fucking, you know, uh, I don't know, I can't think, like a, like a regular burger joint. And they have like fucking like this, the World Series was on. And I was like, like, why? You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, because because it's uh, it probably is the thing that most people will agree on that they would be OK with on a TV. I, guess. I mean, I, I know. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm 100 percent with you. 
um, in that I don't give a shit about sports ball. I am yeah. I am in, in that weird position of like, if you sat me down in front of a TV and there was a football game on, like I could follow it. Like okay. I know how the penalties are happening. I know like what the when the ref does a certain thing with his arms. I know that that means offsides and things like that. And I like when I, when a play happens, I can follow the action because I used to be a fan. Yeah, yeah. But I genuinely don't care about it. But I mean, I think if you asked a bunch of people, they're not going to put the news on because that's going to you know if you're if you're sitting in a restaurant and half the people are MAGA heads you know maga hats yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not putting on fox news and if the other people are you know the rest of the people are not you know the rest of the people are say you know sane they're like we don't want to watch fox news well you know? so you can't put on the news you're not going to put on a movie because like well, yeah great i'm going to walk in in the middle of a movie i wanted to watch that and i just saw the ending sports is neutral like it or not sports is neutral yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I... Because the other thing is this. I mean, you know, the, the thought is men watch sports. But it's not true. There are lots of men who don't, and there are lots of women who do. Right, exactly. I agree so, with that. So, you know, it, it, again, so it, it crosses gender. Yeah. Um, it, it is. Like it or not, it is neutral. Yeah, I agree with you that I don't give a shit about it when it's on. I just don't watch it. I, well, I guess. I mean, there could be either... If you insist on having the TV in there, like, there has to be something else. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I just Dora don't. The Explorer? I just, I, there you go. I'd be okay with that. I'd watch some SpongeBob, but SpongeBob, oh, what the fuck? Everyone, <laughs> it, it's the same thing. Everyone loves SpongeBob. I'm sure even, like, you know, the, the MAGA people probably like SpongeBob. I mean, come on. Who doesn't like SpongeBob? Um, I would say if there's anybody who doesn't, it's them. Well, true, but I mean, I can't see a reason why they would hate it. You know what I mean? It's not like SpongeBob was ever like like you know, they need a reason. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine SpongeBob being like, "Yay, Hillary Clinton," you know, <laughs> or anything like that. Anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, so okay, I don't know. So that kind of went no more. I don't have I don't have a solution to that problem. I I don't either. I you know, but again, I, I as someone you know again who does all the cooking in my house, um. I, I don't, it's just such a weird thing that like these are these we have these weird gender roles and I don't get why that's yeah. a thing. I don't get why anyone cares. Well, I mean, why does anyone care that I enjoy cooking? Right. No, I and I think that's weird too that um people that other people give men shit for cooking when there are famous male chefs. Right, but I mean, like, it's, it's not just things like that. I mean, my wife earns more money than I do. Yeah, and my I'm still... fine with that. I mean, yeah, that, that yeah, doesn't, yeah. it's not like, I don't feel like my dick shrivels up because she makes more <laughs> money than I I have better insurance than she does. We use my insurance. Yeah, yeah. You know? Does that mean that, like, you know, she's she's more of the head of the household than I am, but I get to make all the medical decisions. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just, I mean, like, you know, but I've had people say, well, your wife earns more money than you do. You have a problem with that? Fuck no. If one of us has to retire, it's me. Yeah. You kidding? She'll be my sugar mama. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, so. hell, Absolutely. If that means that I have to do not just all the cooking, but like I have to start doing like all the laundry and the cleaning, cool. 
Yeah, I don't get, but yeah, I don't get, like, why that's a bad thing, though. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Who does the cooking in a household? Like, why does that matter? Like, you know, if, 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 like, Steve, you know, you went out with a bunch of people and, you know, you said that, like, yo, I do the cooking in my house. And someone was like, I can't believe you do the cooking. Like, you know, like, why, like, why do they care so much? Like, why is that such a huge deal? Like, who gives a fuck? It's not affecting your life, none whatsoever. What the fuck I do in my house? I'm the one doing it. If you want to let your girlfriend, wife, whatever, do the cooking so be it that's how your household is run i'm my household i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want and if i want to cook i want to cook right and i mean honestly that's the same way i feel about things like gender and, yeah and sex i mean like oh like well that guy's gay well so what he's not yeah i don't understand that either like do you remember a few years ago <laughs> you know um, he's, he's not trying to have sex with me dude <laughs> I mean, outside of my outside of my house, I'm a Trappist monk. I mean, I don't. I don't that's like that's such a so far down on the list of shit I care about, because it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Oh, well, this guy's gay. Well, so what? First of all, I'm not as, so much of an asshole that I think he's going to be attracted to me. I don't have that high of an opinion of myself. <laughs> Fair. You know, the fact that this guy is gay doesn't mean he wants to get into my pants. He might actually have taste. True. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I mean, I feel the same way as you do about that thing. Like, you know, whenever I, you know, meet a, a, you know, a gay person and I don't like get uncomfortable or anything, I'm like, oh, cool, all right. Um, yeah, whatever. I've never, it's... I've never encountered. I'm gonna be honest. I've never encountered a gay guy who was attracted to me, and that's fine. Or, or you have, and they just didn't tell you. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I. Not the stereotype, but I have met a lot of very open, opinionated gay gay guys who will speak their mind whether you ask them to or not. Um, you know, I've I've known a lot of you know gay dudes like that, and that's perfectly okay. And right. you know, they're they're basically like Billy Eichner. <laughs> so if you know who that is, yes. Um, uh, yeah. So um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, do you remember a few years ago? Um, there was this whole no homo trend that was happening. Do you remember that? Vaguely. So it was like a it was like a rap thing basically, and it would be in all these like rap songs and rap culture and music videos and stuff. And they would like say something like they would compliment another guy like another rapper, but then they would have to end it with no homo to say, oh, I'm giving this guy a compliment, but it's not because I'm sexually attracted to him. And right. it's like, dude, like, it was the stupidest <laughs> thing I ever heard in my life. And it annoyed me to no end. And I was very glad it dis- it disappeared. Like, they stopped saying it, thank God. Um, but it was so infuriating because it was just like, who the fuck cares? You can- Steve, you look awesome tonight. And I did not say no oh, homo at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I do know what you mean. Um, we live in a culture where, um, I mean, and it's, you know, two women who haven't seen each other for a while you know, run into each other and they're excited to see each other. And two guys run into each other and they haven't seen each other in a while and they're friends and they call each other asshole. Oh, you piece of shit. Where you been? That's how we show affection in this culture. That's how guys show affection is to insult each other. Jason, you dickhead, where you been, man? If I said that to you, you would not be like, wow, he must be really pissed at me. You'd think, ha that's funny. That's yeah. how we greet each other. 
but right. that's because that's our culture. So, I mean, yeah, I can't say anything nice about you because that must mean I'm gay. If you're my friend and I want to say something nice about you, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to say, huh, this motherfucker, he's an asshole. This is my <laughs> yeah. guy. This is my buddy, Jason. He's a real prick. Don't, you know, be careful around him because he's going <laughs> to fuck with you. That's how we tell people that we like you. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's just, that's our culture. I mean, yeah, it's stupid. Um, mm-hmm. But it's hard to overcome that like it or not because that's what you grew up with i mean i realize that's a thing and i still do it sometimes yeah so i don't know i i there's probably you know we keep thinking there's going to be uh an end to all this you know toxic masculinity like you know pretty soon we'll we'll have guys who are like us who are like sensitive you know not not sensitive but like you know are okay with everything and don't you know need to fill in gender roles but i feel like it's going to be a very long time before it's settled um because even when all these like old guys die finally um there might still be some leftover people who still feel that way well i guarantee you there will be and part of the reason and part of the problem is you know we're well okay i'm gonna go off on a screed now and so um, for, for some of your listeners, um, I'm going to possibly offend you. No, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to start off by saying that um, I'm going to blame religion. Okay. And I'm going to do that in part because I am a raging non-religious person. <laughs> you don't say. I do say. I am. Um, when, when you have to check a box that says, what is your religion? Mine is atheist because fuck all that. Um, I'm just, I'm, I am a ra- I'm not just an atheist. I'm an anti-theist. I think religion is a problem. I think it causes a lot of problems. I, you know, I have problems with religion. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I follow of, you on Facebook. I yeah, know. I know. A lot of, yeah, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of what I put on Facebook is like, look at this shit religion did today. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my favorite hashtag on Facebook is empty the pews. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, for whatever that's worth, um, but I mean, a lot of this general shit comes from religion. Okay, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, um, the, the 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 guy that uh, some some douchebag that just you know got appointed to some Trump bullshit thing, you know, it's like, oh, women should not be in the workplace and they should try to be handmaids. I mean, what the fuck? Oh my god! You wow. know that guy is super hyper religious. You know that's not just some guy he's like some minister of something or whatever Mm -hmm. you know that sight unseen knowing nothing else about the guy you know he's really religious when he says shit like that you know that like the the duggar family the you know 28 million kids and counting you know how many things she's shot out of her clown car uterus (laughs) you know that like every one of their girls is going to be like oh i'm going to have me 40 babies yeah. And, I mean, so, yeah, and what are they going to teach those kids? They're going to teach them the same bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah, those people are always going to be this. I mean, the hope is that there's going to be less and less, and maybe some of them can be pulled away from it. You know, half of the the, the Phelps family, the, the Westboro Baptist Church, half of them left. Half of them were like, oh. yeah, I can't be part of this church anymore. This is, this is just this is the worst thing ever. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, mean, I, did, I remember hearing about that, yeah. The, the, the hope is that that kind of thing will happen, but, you know— you teach kids shit like that from the time they're two until the time they're seventeen. They believe that shit, yeah. and you have a you have a movement, especially on the right, where you know college is dangerous. 
don't mm-hmm. let your kids go to college because they'll teach them all that liberal anti-God stuff. Yeah. There's a, you know, kids go to college and they become liberal because that's, they teach them the liberal shit. You know what? That's actually not true. You know why people become more liberal when they go to college? It's because they run into people that don't look like them. Yes. You know, when you go to college, when you come from, you know, Podunk, when you come from fucking DeKalb, Illinois, <laughs> although actually DeKalb's a bad example of this because we have a large university here. It's one of the reasons we moved here. But, you know, you go, you know, 20 miles down the road and, you know, into like Waterman, Illinois, where like, you know, the black section of town is the one black family. Oh, wow. You know, um, you go to college and suddenly there's, you know, five black guys who live on your dorm floor. You know, and and your roommate is Hispanic. You run into people who don't look like you and who might have a different religion from you and who think differently from you and are a different part of the country or a different part of the state. And suddenly you're like, oh, all this shit that my parents told me or my church told me that these people are evil and bad and scary. And it's just like they're just they're just like me. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons we moved to this town was because uh, DeKalb has a large university. So there's people from all over the world here. Uh, DeKalb actually has a really big Southeast Asian population. Oh, wow. Um, go figure. I, I was here as an undergraduate, and uh, I worked in the library, which, by the way, if you um, ever go back to college or if you're going to college, get a job in your library. It's the best job on campus. Hmm. Um, I used to sit at the circulation desk and got paid to do homework. It's oh, great. Sweet. Um, but I worked with a guy named Joe Fernandez, um, who was from um, Malaysia. Hmm. And I said, how did you get the name Joe Fernandez um, when you're from Kuala Lumpur? And his answer was Portuguese missionaries. Um, okay, cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> I said to him one day after I'd known him for a while, I said, Joe, how the hell did you get here? I mean, you're from Kuala Lumpur. How the hell did you end up in the middle of a cornfield in, in Illinois? And he said, I came here for your library. I'm like, okay, what, you wanted to work here? And he said, no, it's the third largest Southeast Asian library in the United States. Oh. And I said, okay, well, why didn't you go to one or two? And he said, I couldn't get into Harvard, and you can't get a degree from the Library of Congress. Huh. Yeah, okay. So, but because of that, we attract a huge number of Southeast Asian students. And uh-huh. so there's, you know, Vietnamese and Thai and Laotian and, and Chinese and Japanese and Malaysian and, and Filipino students. And so a lot of them stay. So we have really good, like, we have a bunch of really good Asian restaurants in town. But we have a huge Asian population. One of my daughter, my older daughter's best friends when she was a kid was from Bali. Um, you, you don't get that in another small town. My, we, we were looking to move to a really small town, you know, when we moved here, like so 20 years ago, we were looking to move into this really small town. And we realized that if we moved there, we were the least white family. Mm. I've had my DNA done on 23andMe, man. I am 99.9% Northern European. Huh. I am so white. I'm a shade away from clear. <laughs> Like, every one of my ancestors could throw a rock into the Arctic Circle. We don't go further south than, like, Paris. Nice. <clears throat> so All when right. I'm the least white guy, it's like being in Utah. When I'm the least white guy, we got some issues. Yeah. All right, so that was our uh, our take on toxic masculinity. We didn't solve anything, but, you know, that's just kind of our, our thoughts on the whole thing. No, we um, didn't solve anything, but we're right. Yeah. And what Steve says is gospel. Oh, sorry. I said a religious term around you. I That's all right. Yeah, I consider myself to be an evangelical atheist. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure this was you. That's kind of why I'm bringing this up. I think I remember you saying something about um, 
first off, so anyone doesn't know, Steve uh, has a movie blog. Uh, it's called Thousand One Plus, and you can find it at Thousand One Plus blogspot.com. Uh, Steve reviews movies. Um, he started off doing the movies in the 1001 movies you need to see before you die thing. Uh, but then he eventually ran out, so he just starts doing whatever. Um, but I remember you seeing somewhere on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere that you were sort of getting burnt out on movie watching and reviewing. Was that true? Um, you know, it's yes and no. Um, a lot of it has been, it's been really hard to focus on it, you know, since you can like watch the kind of real time destruction of our society and world on Twitter. Um, and so it's been kind of hard. It's been, you know, hard sometimes to think I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, drag me to hell. Um, or I'm going to watch severance or I'm going to watch, you know, the Avengers when, uh, you know, right now the president is destroying our democracy. And yeah. so it's been kind of hard to, and, you know, and, and we've got 10 years to fix climate change. Um, I got into a kind of a funk where it was just like, I, I find it really hard to justify um, wanting to do this right now. Mm. Um, where, when it feels like the world is ending, yeah. you know, uh, and I'm yeah, sorry okay. to, to bring this down, but I mean, that's really what happened. And I'm trying to start to kind of get back into it where it's like, I'm allowed to do things that I like. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting back the way I can. I got a position on my town's, uh, environmental commission. Um, I, I, I wrote some legislation recently that hopefully will pass the city council that will allow people to, um, keep bees, um, have apiaries in their backyards mm-hmm. um so because you know the bees are dying and it would be nice to have pollinators um and, and there's a couple other things that i'm working on with with the the commission like dealing with food waste and and we have a food desert in town here and trying to find ways to, to handle that better um and and reduce waste um and, and it's like okay you know what i'm doing what i can i can't do everything and so i do get to i, I am allowed to do something that i like again and so i'm, st- I'm starting to get back into it again because i feel like i i'm allowed to but there was there was a time when it felt like things are so bad i feel guilty for having this frivolous thing that i do hmm. okay um all right, that wasn't the answer I was expecting, but okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> so mine's is nowhere near as serious. <laughs> serious. I just got kind of tired of doing it. <laughs> so all right, so the full story is, um, my first like my first movie website was way back. I started it way back in two thousand five, and it was called Evasion of the B Movies, and it was just me reviewing bad movies, B movies. It was just that's all I did. Um, and then I did that up until 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, the one last reviews I did for there was 2012, the movie. Um, sure. and, uh, kind of a so big I, budget I, B movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause let's see. Well, so during that time I was getting tired of the low budget movies. And so I just kind of went with stuff that people didn't like or wasn't very popular and so i kind of shifted gears a little bit you wouldn't I remember... know that based on the shit you made me watch but whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll get to that in a second we'll get to the layer in a second oh yeah but, um but then uh i teamed up with uh my friends nick job who was in the last episode and 
my uh, my other friend Nolan, and we did a website called Your Face, and we we just sort of just kept doing our movie reviews on there, and um, that opened me up a little bit to do other things that were not only B movie centric. I got to review like actual good like movies, especially good horror movies. Like I reviewed Videodrome, um, and stuff like that. Uh, and it was kind of refreshing, you know, it was pretty refreshing. Um, but then a couple of years doing that, I kind of got a little burnt out. Like I got a little, like I wasn't looking forward to it anymore. Like I used to look forward to, you know, getting a movie from Netflix or renting it from somewhere and like, oh, this looks fucking terrible. I can't wait to watch it and laugh and then write a funny review for it and entertain everybody. There was just like one point where I just kind of felt like, this was not fun anymore. And it gets I was, to be a job. I was I was dreading it. Yeah, and it gets I was to be a chore, d- like something you have to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I get that. I, I do, and and I kind of, I mean, I probably will eventually stop reviewing movies. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I I like them, so I keep watching. Yeah, them. yeah. And that, that's that's cool. I was just, I guess, my question was like, you know, I know you're still doing it. Um, and prior to the reason you just gave to me, but was there ever any like a like some time where you're even when you were doing your thousand and one thing? Was there a point where you were like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Like, how much more can I do? Like, did you ever feel that way? Not in general, but for specific movies, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, and and I'm just I'm just now finishing up the the latest thousand and one movies. I got one more to go. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, it was one of those only... things. They, they had like they had like, like like eight to twelve a year. Okay, um, yeah. So I they, they added twelve this year, and I had already put up reviews of I think seven. So oh, I had okay. five to catch up. Um, oh, cool. I had I rewatched uh, Infinity War. Um, I did see that. I did I did check that. I do read your stuff. I just don't always comment. Right. Because a lot of the stuff is like I don't know what to say. So I was like, yeah. it was because was, you know, just commenting good review all the time gets a little tiring. Right. And and <laughs> admittedly, I you know, based on the stuff that you like to watch, I'm not going to say that you you know, because you do watch good movies sometimes. Uh-huh. But based on the kind of stuff that you watch, you're unlikely to say watch Capernaum, which no, is a movie I just watched. Right. It's the yeah. one I just put up, and you're you're oh. less likely to watch something like The Greatest Showman, um, which yeah, I probably won't. I, thought didn't really belong on the thousand and one movies list and i would say the same thing by the way about the recent stars born um anyway i've got one left to do to finish it up but um you know what um you'll you'll want to show up on wednesday because wednesday i'm putting up a review of crawl oh i want um, to see that it's uh, you know what it's a it's a creature feature wait you is know? that out it's, wait is that out on the dvd it's or? out I, i've watched it on blu-ray man really oh shit. yeah i gotta go um, be let me go to my library right now and yeah. add that to my list. <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, it's basically hard rain meets deep blue sea. Oh, I know. I, I remember when it was in theaters. I wanted yeah, to see it, but I never it's, got to it. It's, 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 it's dumb. It's great. You know, uh, the dad gets, is played by Barry Pepper, which is entertaining oh as hell. Oh my God. Why? Yeah. Why yeah. Barry Pepper still a thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but now you want to watch it even more, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm 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 on my library website right now. I'm yeah, putting the hold it's, on it. It's it's that. It's it's hard rain meets, you know, name a creature feature. I love your name dropping hard rain. <laughs> but I mean it's it's a it's a flood. We prefer what, I know, but I don't know a lot of people who've seen hard rain. So. Would you prefer daylight? 
Uh, I guess there's no popular mainstream flood water movies. movie that's right. not Waterworld. Right. It's not like there's a lot of flood movies lying around out there. Yeah, and that's true. Um, but it's it's that you know meets what Grizzly or something like that. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. Big, big, you know, nature out of control or like open water. It's open water gator version. Okay, I, I think that that probably. Yeah, yeah it's. I, I was entertained. You know, you could see half a dozen people eaten by alligators, and what could be better? Nice. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, um, I was feeling burnt out, and uh, it eventually turns out Nick and Nolan was feeling the same way, kind of, kind of all at the same time. Actually, it was kind of weird. Well, so I mean, we, when did you when did you start? When did we start Your Face, or when no, did I start? You. When did you personally start reviewing movies? Two thousand five. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I started in 2009, 10. Technically, okay. my, my blog started in 2009, but it was the last couple of days of 2009. So I actually started reviewing movies on this blog in 2010. I'd done one for maybe nine months before that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been 10 years. I've got, I don't know, I, you know, if you give me a second, I could tell you exactly how many movie reviews I put up. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and... and... It was more, and now going into my first podcast, The Lair of the Unwanted, I did that with Nolan for about almost 10 years. Um, and that was a primarily B-movie podcast. Yes, it was. And the other thing was we didn't take any long-term breaks. Like, we never did, like, you know, we're going to take a month off or whatever. We, we, we were steady going through all nine years. It was like every – we never missed an episode. We never missed – we never missed anything. There might have been like maybe once we had a, I had to cancel because well, something happened to me, um, but like that it was very rare that stuff like that happened. So we were steadily watching these terrible movies for like nine years straight, and making other people like Steve and Nick and all my other friends that we had on like watch them with us sometimes. Yes. Except you did introduce to us a really damn cool movie, The Hidden. Which is still a great movie. And I'm very, <laughs> very thankful for that. And I'm and I'm forever eternally grateful that you gave me your VHS copy. Yes. I, I have cherished that thing. <laughs> it is in my collection. I'm seriously happy that I have that. Yeah, it's it's well, I mean yeah, it's a great movie. But yeah. and for for those of you who may not know uh, Jason's past and my past just to give you an idea of exactly how incestuous we really are here Jason's site Your Face was was with Nolan who we did a podcast with and Nick and I was Nick's podcasting partner for like three years yep yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like the fourth unofficial member of Your Face <laughs> true. In, in, in some ways um, that is true in the sense that like if anybody had a claim to be like the fifth beetle of Your Face it would be <laughs> Um, but then it got to a point on the podcast where, you know, I was getting tired of doing that too. Right. And Nolan was feeling the same way. He was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little, you know, well, Nolan was more, he didn't have a lot of time because he was doing a lot of other stuff towards the end because mm-hmm. he was, he's, he's been working on this book. He's been writing for like three years now. Um, and then, you know, he got a, he got a new girlfriend, his kids are in they're teenagers now and they're doing more shit and all this stuff is just kind of happening all at once. And then I, I was like, 
you know, we would pick a movie and like nine times out of ten, I would pick the movie. Right. And every now and then Nolan would suggest something and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, but I would pick the movie just based on, you know, what I wanted to see or what I think would make a funny, you know, episode. And then I was getting tired of doing that. I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know how much more I can do this. Like, I, I for once, I want to cover, like, I want to do Friday the 13th. So I started a Friday the 13th podcast, and right. I'm enjoying that. Um, but, you know, I it, I just got, you know, I just got burnt out. No longer got burnt out. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, who reviewed, who had movie review sites that, you know, when I started out with the Lamb, the large association movie blogs, a lot of them don't exist anymore because I think they felt burnt out. There's all these new people that I have no idea who the fuck they are. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I I stopped doing lamb shit. I mean, what six years ago? Yeah, something like that. Seven years ago. I mean, it's been a while since I because I I was a regular on the Lambcast for a while. Yeah, yeah. Where I did I did movie the month every month. Yeah. Um, and then I just yeah, I was just kind of done after like two or three years. I'm like, yeah, I'm just I, not going to do any lamb shit. I, I show up on the Lambcast every now and then. And I'm with people that I have no idea who the fuck they are. The only person I would know would be Jay, who's right. the host of the Lambcast. That was it. I don't know who the hell these people are. And I'm like, all right, hi, nice to meet you. I've been here for like 12 years. <laughs> I was like one of the original members, and I don't know who the hell you are. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I don't know. This really didn't go anywhere either. That's a whole, that should have been the second title of this, episode, of this podcast. Not going anywhere with Jason Soto. <laughs> Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I just, you know, got tired of just all of it and I just, I still like talking. So that's why I created this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I said before we started, I mean, I had to like redo Skype completely and like create a new account because yeah. every time I think I'm never going to podcast again, Jason's like, Hey, I want you to be on my podcast. I know. I have <laughs> you, I have you on my friends list like five times. <laughs> Yeah, because every time it's like, well, I got to redo Skype again. That's yeah. I, I don't remember what my password was. I don't remember what my name was. No. Uh, I guess I'll create a new account. Yeah. yeah. So I this like, is like I think your fifth one on. Probably, <laughs> I think probably every time I, I think every every um, every you know throwaway email address I have has a Skype um, account attached to it. Yeah, it's possible. So I just, you know, I, I just, I don't do it anymore. I, you know, you, you, things change and, and you stop doing certain things. And it was just, you know, it was, it was an end of an era when you and Nolan uh, gave up the lair because that was the one podcast I still listened to. Oh, oh well, thanks. Wow. But, uh, you know, then it was like, oh, well, it's just, it's kind of over. It's, you know, things, things end and that's, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's sad, but, you know, I'll, I'm going to keep, I'm keeping the blog open right now because I, st- I need to finish the Oscar stuff that I'm doing. Oh, yeah. But I'm getting to the end of that, and I think I'm going to just, like, it, I'm going to do a really hard left turn and just do horror movies then. Okay. I, I don't oh, know that's how, cool. I don't know how much I'm going to post, but I think I'm going to just do horror movies. Like, just, oh, just horror movies. Or All most right. horror movies, you know. Well, that got just, my attention. Yeah, just, you know. There's the that they shoot zombies list because I'm a list guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, you are. I've seen I don't know half of that list right now. Mm. Well, a little over half. By the way, um, I have I have put up just over 2,700 reviews on my site. Oh, sweet. So that gives you an idea of exactly where I am. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. so. 
All right, movie review burnout. That's what happened to us. Yeah, I kind of. Like I said, I'm trying to get back into it, but I did take a really, really, really long break from it. Like I have, I I, I normally watch you know 350 to 400 movies a year, and right oh. now I've, I've well, and it's it's about a movie a day. Okay. Um, 400 movies in a year, which sounds like an oh my god, that's an incredible amount of movies. It's one movie a day and three extra movies a month. All right. Uh, you work it out for yourself. That I mean that that works out to 401 movies. It's mm-hmm. not a terrible when you consider that I watch no sports. Yeah. And I watch no TV. Okay. Now, okay. You the say- two hours, two hours a day in front of the in front of a movie is less than most people watch TV. Now I'm curious though, but the the no TV thing. I know you mentioned it earlier, but let me go back really quick. Is there like literally no TV shows you watch like in between the movies? Like you never seen like Stranger Things? Or... Okay, I, I watched the first season of Stranger Things, and I did uh-huh. watch. I watched some of the Marvel shows on Netflix. Okay. Um, I do I do like the Great British Baking Show, which everyone okay. should watch. Okay. Um, and I watched Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, I can find like I watched uh, a season of Boardwalk Empire. Um, I've watched um, I think four seasons of American Horror Story. Um, oh, watched uh, I've watched four or five seasons of uh, X Files. I've watched I think three seasons of The Walking Dead. Um, I, but here's the thing, and uh, this is the this is the best analogy I have for this: is a TV show is is a relationship. It's a commitment. <laughs> yeah. And a movie is a one-night stand. Yeah. <laughs> I can okay. watch a movie and be done with it in two hours, and I can move on to something else. But, I mean, to watch a show, I have to invest. And See, my, wife, my wife is the opposite. My wife does not watch a lot of movies. But, like, she has watched, like, Mr. Robot, and she watches mm-hmm. uh, Grace and Frankie, and she watches she watched The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And she's, okay. I mean, she's watched, like... She's watched all of Dexter and like you can name a bunch of shows and she's watched all of them. I have to give you an idea when I say I don't watch TV. Here's some shows I have never seen a full episode of. You ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Friends. Holy shit. Big Bang Theory. Okay. I don't blame you. The Simpsons. Not one episode? Not one full episode. What? (laughs) Seinfeld. What? (laughs) Um... I've never watched an episode of The Sopranos. I've never watched an episode right. of Mad Men. All I hadn't right. watched an episode of Walking Dead until earlier this year. Uh, okay. um, same with Boardwalk Empire. Um, what are some of the other big ones? Um, the Office. X- I've never seen an episode of The Office. Oh, my God. Okay. X-Files? I, I, I've watched a few seasons, but like before this year, um, this year I actually did watch some more TV, which is probably why I've watched fewer movies. Um, but before this year, I think I'd seen two full episodes of the X-Files entirely. And now I've watched about three or four seasons. Now, this explains why you're an MST3K fan, because it's a TV show that watches a movie. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and bad movies on top of that. <laughs> yes, although you're a bigger bad movie fan than I am. True, that's but true. But I've, you know I have never shied away. No, no, I know, I know. You, you will watch any. You will watch anything, and I've been very grateful for that. Yes, so. you've made me watch some shit. So I'm trying to think what's the worst thing I made you watch. Do you uh, recall the Undertaker and his pals? Okay, I can. I remember you hating that. You yeah, really, you everyone, really hated everyone that. hated that, but you, Jason. 
and I just thought it was okay. It was the no, the best moment of that particular podcast was when you said, "Oh, I'll give it three stars," and no one was like, "I predicted that." <laughs> you were thinking three stars because he, he was like, "It's going to be three stars. It's going to be three stars," and it was. That was that was brilliant. That was the greatest yeah. moment ever of in your podcast. Was Levi like, "Well, oh, wasn't that bad?" I believe no one's review of that was in haiku form. <laughs> Probably. It was one star. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hated that movie, but you did make me watch some shit, but that's okay. What are friends? Okay. Yeah. You didn't make me watch Deathstalker 2, so that was no one. That was no one. Yeah, I actually owned that. Yeah, I know. I'm the trying to find could, it myself, but the I only way I could it. The only way I could watch that was to buy it. The only way I could find it was to buy it. Yeah, Nolan ended up, uh, what did he do? No, he gave. I met when I I met him in Vegas when we did right. the Vegas meetup. Right. He gave, he he lent me his copy in Vegas, and then he said, "Watch this and send it back to me because this is very hard to find, and this is what you're gonna watch this and your life's gonna be changed forever." <laughs> and I said, "All right," which is funny because MST3K did Deathstalker three. And I'm like, I was like, all right, I guess, you know, whatever. And then it was like, yeah, this is like a mind-blowingly awesome movie in a bad way. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's it's freaking terrible. Yeah. Um, and and of course, uh, like I said, for me to 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 watch this, I had to buy it. So I found it on Amazon, and it came in a collection of four movies, which I'm actually holding in my hand. Oh, sweet. And so my movies are a Deathstalker, Deathstalker Two. Uh, something called Barbarian Queen, and The Warrior and the Sorceress, which stars David Carradine. That I have not heard of. Okay. That sounds like a good four-pack. Yes. Um, that would be a good topic of these random four-pack things. Like, I got a bunch of random-ass four-pack movies, but I have to make that topic for another day. I don't have a lot of four-packs. I have a couple of weird duos. Um, oh, like, yeah. like I eat your skin and scared to death. <laughs> um, I'm actually, oh, and, or the brain that wouldn't die and the amazing transparent man. I think both of those were MST movies. Those were both on MST. Yeah. So. so, all right. Do you like movie podcasts hosted by inebriated people? That's Kai with the cracking voice and Heather's touched by evil. One thinks he's Spider-Man. The other is a ninja. It's the man I love film podcast. It's the Milkcast. Hey everybody, I'm Kai. And I'm Heather. And we are the hosts of MILFCAST, the Man I Love Films podcast, the unofficial official podcast of com. This is the podcast where we like to talk about what we've been watching, talk about movies, but mainly we just like to drink, be silly, and play a whole bunch of games. So we think every other week you should grab a drink, snuggle up, and let us make sweet love to your ears. Otherwise, we'll make sweet love to your couch. So come and find us on iTunes. Just search for MILFCAST. All right, so uh, this is about the fifth episode of this podcast, and as everyone has been listening knows, uh, I'm trying to get some sponsorships going on because that's how you make money in this podcasting business is getting some sponsorships. Um, and so I've been opening up uh, sponsors for uh, other people uh, to do the ads for them, and I had a celebrity one last week, and sure enough, I have one this week as well. I couldn't believe my luck. Uh, when this dude emailed me and he's like, "Hey, I'm also I also got a product I'm launching. Uh, here's an ad for it." And I was like, "All right, sweet. So uh, let's go ahead and play that ad now." He- Hello, I'm America's favorite writer and director, Todd Sullendez. 
And boy, howdy, there sure is a lot of streaming sites. Netflix Prime, Amazon Plus, Hulu Go. It's just so many. Well, I'm here to add one more. This one is special because unlike those other sites, this one features all of my movies. I'm proud to present to you Solandas Stream, a 24-7 streaming site where you can watch all of my movies. Never seen Welcome to the Dollhouse? Now you can. Got the urge to watch Palindromes for the fifth time? You can do that. Need a pick-me-up after having a bad day? You can watch Happiness whenever you want. Every single one of my movies available for you to watch. And did you know I also had bit parts in other movies? I was man on bus in As Good As It Gets. You can watch that scene over and over and over and over again. Because that's the only part of that movie I have. If you sign up now with a special code whatever, you get 20% off if you pay for a year subscription. A whole year with my movies. I couldn't think of a better thing. Well, that's it. Goodbye. Alright, so it is now time for our favorite 90s music video and or song of the week. I love <laughs> me some 90s music and or music videos. Uh, so we like to celebrate it on the show, so I'll make a guest bring in their favorite song or video. Uh, so this week, um, my picks, um, you know what? I'm going to let you go first, Steve, because yours is, um, because of yours, I picked mine. So you okay. go first. What's your, what's your pick? Oh, I'm not going to say it's my favorite song or video from the nineties, but it's one I like a lot. It's a band I like a lot that most people don't know. Uh, and so I picked the song Bulldog Skin by the group Guided by Voices, um, which is a really little known band. Uh, so here's some fun Guided by Voices facts. Um, <laughs> The lead singer guy from Guided by Voices and who writes all of their songs is a guy named Robert Pollard, who is a school teacher um, and would like, while his kids were taking tests, he would write lyrics for whatever he was working on. All of their stuff is really weird. And a bunch of it's like super lo-fi, like recorded like in his basement uh, type stuff. Um, If you are a writer and you are working on uh, a book that has like characters who are in a band and you can't think of a good name for the band, pick a random Guided by Voices album and just look <laughs> at the song lists because <laughs> half of their songs would be great band names. Um, that is not, I am in no manner lying when I say this. Right, I'm, uh, I'm going to pick up an album, I'm just pick an album. Um, uh, the, one of their albums is called Do the Collapse. And I'm just gonna. We're gonna go for. Here you go. Here are things. These are all names of songs. There's 16 songs on the album. Any one of these, I think, would make a great name for a band. Ready? Okay. Teenage FBI. Okay. Zoo Pie. <laughs> Dragons Awake. Surgical Focus. Optical Hopscotch. Mushroom Art. Much Better Mr. Buckles. Strumpet Eye. Liquid Indian. And an unmarketed product. Any of those would be a great band name. Okay. I would go see much better Mr. Buckles in concert. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would too. 
So anyway, I love, I do, I'm a big fan of Guided by Voices. And the other thing about them is they have like one of the biggest um, uh, 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 discographies ever. Huh. Um, and and some of their stuff has actually appeared like in TV shows, like Teenage Ed. The song Teenage FBI was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV huh. show. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to find their disc, their discography. Okay, so their discography on Wikipedia starts in '87 and has one, two, three, twenty-nine albums. Wow. Yeah. Twenty-nine, including um, apparently three releases in, in this year. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Alrighty. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I, I I love them because they're just weird and none of their stuff makes any sense and it's great. Interesting. All right, so your pick led me to my pick because um, I've never heard of any of that. Like I've never heard of the band or that song or I've never seen that music video you linked to me uh, last week. Um, but uh, actually, if you anyone out there go look out the music videos interesting um uh what was the name of the on the in the in the video again what was that kid's oh name? the kid's name is larky parka yeah so check that out just just for just for larky um which actually that could be a band name right there larky parka uh, yeah it actually could be <laughs> <laughs> so your pick led me to kind of another obscure um 90s song oh Shit, this is not even from the 90s. When's it from? Apparently it's from 1985. So what? That's my era. (laughs) Well, I don't do awesome 80s songs. Yeah, but what was it? (laughs) Take the Skinheads Bowling by Camper Van Beethoven. Okay, sure. (laughs) Sure. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with it. All right? It's not a 90s song. I don't feel like we're looking up a new one. I'm going to cheat a little bit. So be it. Fuck it. It's my podcast. I'll do what the fuck I want. I have. No, I, I. I answer to no one. I answer to myself. So I'm breaking the rules for today. I'm gonna pick an '80s song for my '90s thing for the week. So okay, I've never heard of this up until maybe about 15 years ago. Um, my friend Bill uh, put this on a random CD he made, and I was like, "What the fuck is this song?" Because it's called "Take the Skinheads Bowling." Which is a lyric in the song, and it's 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 like a nonsense song, because it just talks about like this dude like dreaming about being plastic and, um, uh, take you know taking skinheads bowling and all bowling alleys look the same and <laughs> it's like it's just like like a like a stream of consciousness song. It was just stuff this dude just wrote down and turned into a song. But it's actually a good song. <laughs> it's actually it's really good. Like the the music is really good, and um, it's it's just interesting. And um, I was uh, when I created my Spotify account, I was adding songs to Spotify. I looked them up, and I went to their Spotify page. And as I was playing the song, I was busy doing something else, and so it went to another song. Um, uh, let's see what's it called it was like something about lassie i can't remember what it was called um but it played that song and i'm like so all they do is just write weird ass songs because that lassie song was really fucking weird um but uh 
Yeah, if if you haven't, uh, check out my 80s slash 90s song, <laughs> Take the Skinheads Bowling, by Camper Van Beethoven. And they're, I don't have a lot of information about them. I just know there was like 10,000 people in the band. They had yep. like a million albums. Yep. Um, yeah, they did like Joe Stalin's Cadillac and Good Guys and Bad Guys. Yeah. I was a music and, nerd for a long time. I mean, you want to talk about uh, some really obscure... I was a, I was a hipster. Um, yeah. In late '90s, early 2000s, like you know, people were like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm listening to the Seymour's Treater like a show cat." You know, uh, that's okay. yeah, exactly. You know, well, and uh, this I didn't know. I just found this on our Wikipedia. So the lead singer formed Cracker, mm-hmm. which is which could have been my '90s <laughs> '90s pick. Uh, another dude who, uh, what did he play? Hang on, I gotta scroll down and see what he played. Uh, the bass player? No, hang on. Uh, guitar. He was a lead guitar. Uh, joined Counting Crows. <laughs> so there's a guy in Counting Crows who was in Camper Van Beethoven <laughs> and had a song called <laughs> "Take the Skinheads Bowling." So well, yeah. next time, next time you want to diss Counting Crows, think about that. <laughs> there's a. There's a, a, an obscure British group from the 80s called the House Martins that mm. uh, I really enjoyed. They were kind of a bubblegum poppy, but they were like super, super political. Um, but they were, I, I loved them. And uh, their bass player became Fatboy Slim. So, oh, really? Yeah. They, wow. If you look up Fatboy Slim, it'll his bio will say, yeah, he was originally the bass player for a British group called the House Martins. Um, huh. And I have like two or three House Martins albums floating around somewhere. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you occasionally, you'll you'll get into some some, you know, uh, you'll find some very strange stuff like, uh, you know, just like I was into that, and then suddenly it becomes a thing that everybody knows. You know. All right. Were, so... were you ever into something that like you were the first person you knew who was into it? No, actually, I'm the one who discovers things way too late. <laughs> oh, okay. I've never, I yeah, I've never been, you know. There are bands that I, you know, will randomly see like live in concert who are new and they're local. And then I'm like, oh, they're going to become big someday because they're really good and nothing ever happens to them. Right. And so I'm, I always like wish for like that one moment of like, hey, I remember these guys before they were famous. Um, but no, I've never had that happen. I always hear about these people long after like they get like a single on the radio. They show up on like the Tonight Show. Or something like I never discovered these people. See, I got that a lot from my brothers because both of my brothers are still are like huge music music goobers. Um, uh-huh. So like, I was totally into REM before anybody knew who REM was. <laughs> oh wow! Um, because like my my brother was uh, I have a brother who's about ten years older than me and a brother who's about five years older than me. Uh, the the brother who's about five years older than me was a huge REM fan. Like right when Murmur came out, which was their first you know the yeah, first yeah, thing they put out. Album. Yeah, it's so, like I knew who they were before anybody else I knew. I like I was a I was a Talking Heads fan in '82, and Speaking in Tongues, which is the album they hit with, like the album that everybody knew um, was '85, I think. People knew them like um, the uh, "Once in a Lifetime," the yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that song was also before I I was listening to them before that came out, so huh. like I knew who they were before anybody I knew knew who they were. Um, <laughs> okay. But I mean, so that happens every now and then. It would happen every now and then for me. Like I'm I'm into this band, and like suddenly now everybody knows them. 
Like, how the fuck do you know this band that I'm the only person I knew who listened to them? Yeah. You know, but I got that almost all the time. Talking Heads was like the one exception, but like almost all the time when I was into something before everybody else, it was because my brothers were playing it. My brothers were listening to it. And so, like, you know, I don't know if I was like the, you know, like super ahead of the curve or it was just like I was ahead of the curve for my group of like my group. Gotcha. You know what I mean? All right, so that's our 80s slash 90s songs for the week. <laughs> enjoy enjoy this. Forget what it was.
hey, thanks, Steve, for agreeing to do the uh, voiceover work for these upcoming movie trailers. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just curious, what movies are they? Like, Coen Brothers stuff? Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, Terrence Malick? Uh, not quite. You know what, you'll uh, you'll see. Just uh, just read the copy I provided for you. Okay. All right, and we're uh, rolling voiceover for movie one, and action. What if a meteor crashed to Earth, and then a dog peed on it, and now that pee is a sentient being. Attack of the pea monster from outer space. This summer, beware of number one. All right, that was great. The Good job. hell? Attack of... Is that a real movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's finishing post-production as we speak. I guess the pea looked too fake, so, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so if you just turn to, uh, movie two, and action. Did you know that Florida is the home of the deadliest alligators known to mankind? And it also has the highest meth users in the country. This summer, look out for meth alligator. Really, meth alligator? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's what happens when alligators get into a meth dealer's stash. There's a scene where it's freebasing in an alley. I could not think of a better comeback for Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal's in this. Okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's go to uh, movie three. These are real movies. Why would I have you do voiceovers for fake movies? Yes, they're real. All right, last one. You ready? Not really. Action! <sighs> Did you know that 98% of the male population admit to watching porn online? Well, what if a meteorite crashes on a computer while hardcore porn is playing? This summer, attack of the hardcore porn monster from outer space. All right, I quit. No, wait, wait, wait. Who's going to do the voiceovers for all these movies I made up? I mean, that I wrote. I mean, that the actual movie studio is make. God damn it. All right, so our final topic for tonight uh, is I was thinking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago and how weird it is that there's stuff that existed just a mere 20 years ago that doesn't exist now. And the first thing that I thought of, because I was watching old, like, there's this YouTube channel that uploads all these 80s and 90s commercials. I saw one for 1-800-COLLECT. Do you remember that? I do. And I was like, they don't do that no more. Like, no one calls collect anymore. Like, that's so weird that, like, a whole, like, business is no longer existing um, not even like a business, like a whole like thing that everyone did for years and years and years just ceased to exist. Like no one does 1-800-COLLECT. Like anyone younger than like us are like, what the fuck was 1-800-COLLECT? So it was like a service where if you had to make a collect call and now like, I explain you know, collect call. Yeah, you got to explain collect call. <laughs> collect call. So the telephone wasn't always free. So there was an actual phone it in your house. It still isn't, but – well, okay. Well, it's a little more freer than what it was. But basically, if you called anywhere outside of your local city, it was a called long distance. So you would get charged a long distance fee. So to sort of get around that, you would make a collect call. You could also make a collect call if you went to another thing that doesn't exist anymore, a payphone, <laughs> and you didn't have a quarter because, again, phones costed money back then. You put a quarter, and if you didn't have a quarter, you could make a collect call to home and be like, hey, mom, my car broke down, and come get me or whatever. 
Um, so 1-800-COLLECT was like this, like a, a cheap way to make long distance collect calls to like, you know, if you lived in New York, you can call LA and it'd be like cheaper if you did it through this business. It wasn't necessarily cheaper. The thing that Jason left off about what a collect call was, is let's say I needed to talk to Jason and I had to call him, but I called him collect. What that meant was that instead of me paying for the call, I made, go I'd me. make Jason pay for the call. Yeah, yeah. So the service kind of made it a little easier to do that and it was a little bit cheaper than like just doing a standard. And so but there was a bunch of these like collect call things. There was, right. there was like that one or like an MCI had one. What was the one that Carrot Top advertised for? Oh, uh, uh let me see. Uh it might have been one eight hundred collect. Maybe. There were a bunch uh, there were a bunch yeah, of them though. No, it was one eight hundred call ATT television okay. commercial. Yeah. Okay. So call ATT. So it was another similar thing. Um, yeah. So enough. Yeah. So phone booths are another thing that no longer exists. And um, well, not completely. There are some. There's not as many. Um, there are still some, and it's not even a booth anymore. It's just kind of like on a wall outside of a liquor store <laughs> nowadays. Right, but there used to be like in airports, there would be banks of them. Oh yeah, It'd be rows and rows of payphones. So, so kids, if you go watch the the 1980 movie Airplane, yes, there's this scene where these reporters rush to a bunch of boxes. That was a phone booth. <laughs> yes, that was a phone bank. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they used to be like everywhere. Like fucking phone booths were just like everywhere. Yes, like, every corner. Like there'd be some like facing each other on the same corner. There would be um, every convenience store, every Seven Eleven. Had a phone gas outside. Station. Every gas station had a phone outside. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, really, the only place you see them now is in movies. Yeah, and then like the last movie that ha- that I think there was literally a movie called Phone Booth. Yes. That was about a guy who went into a phone booth to answer a call, a call and he ended up being like held hostage. <laughs> when was that movie from? Two thousand. I'm gonna. I'm guessing before I look it up. I'm thinking two thousand three. Um, let's see. It's Colin Farrell, 2002. Nice guess. Hey, that wasn't that far off. There's a weird horror movie from the 70s. It's a Spanish horror movie called La Cabina, where a guy gets mm. trapped in a phone booth. Really? Yeah, it's I worth seeing. It's a, it's like half an hour long. It's a weird little movie. I um, heard of that. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's worth tracking down if you get a chance. But yeah, uh, so yeah, as recently as 2002, their phone booths were still a thing. Yeah. Um, enough that Colin Farrell made a movie about <laughs> exactly. being trapped in a phone booth. Being trapped in a phone booth. Um, so another thing that sadly doesn't exist are video stores. Yeah. Um, now they held on a little bit longer. Like, um, uh, I don't know if you have Family Video where you where you live, but there's a there's a chain of video stores in Indianapolis called Family Video. There was one about half an hour from me that's gone now. Yeah, they just closed. But up I mean, with just the last recently. One. Yeah, same here. They just closed the last one like a month ago, maybe two months ago. Right. And that was kind of sad because I was like, oh, that's like the last video store. Uh, it was kind of sad. So there was like these – I'm just going to talk to everybody as if they don't know what these things are. Um, so there were these like stores you went to to borrow movies, but you paid for them. And you would typically go there like on a Friday night because that's when they would have all the new releases. So like say you wanted to rent Phone Booth, the movie, and it just came out on video – uh, you would go to like a you know a local video store, Blockbuster, whatever, 
and you would go, you would rent it, pay like, I don't know, five bucks, seven bucks for it. And then you would have like two days to watch it and then you'd take it back. And if you didn't take it back in two days, you got charged a dollar. It was Redbox with a staff. <laughs> yeah. And a larger selection. But I mean, there's, there's a progression here. So when I was a kid um, and VHS things, VHS became a thing because I grew up before VHS. Um, VHS became a thing, and the first video stores were mom and pop stores. Yeah, back yeah, when yeah, yeah. back when the two formats were VHS and Betamax. Betamax, yeah. Um, and we had one by us called Video Bug. Okay. Um, and in the Video Bug, you would go in, and they had all of the boxes, all of the VHS boxes, velcroed to the wall. Oh. And then each one had a little strip or two strips of Velcro on it. And there were little tabs. And there were red tabs and blue tabs. Red tabs were VHS yeah. and blue tabs were, were beta. And you would yeah. tear a tab off of the Velcro and take uh-huh. it up and they would give you, they would get that movie for you. And it would be like, you know, like two bucks or three bucks and you'd have a, it for a couple days. I went days. to a video store that had the exact same thing. Like the red was VHS, the blue was beta or right. whatever it was. And yeah. the thing was that in the early days... It was like you could get like a couple of good movies. So you get like, you know, Gone with the Wind and Casablanca. And then it was just shit. <laughs> and it was just like B-horror and like it was like Faces of Death and like Faces of Death 1 through 5 and like Mother's Day and yeah, the yeah, entire yeah, Friday yeah. the 13th collection. And, you know, yeah. it would just be like just crap, and, you know, and, and, and some good crap movies like, you know, like The Hidden I watched because I rented it from Video Bug. Oh, okay. You know, but like, like, what are we going to watch? Well, let's get the hidden and reanimator and death race 2000. Because that's, that's what you could get from the video bug. I mean, it was just, just shit movies. Um, yeah. Then I've kind of evolved into things like blockbuster and Hollywood video. Yeah. Um, Oh, Hollywood video. Now they went out of business long before blockbuster. Right. Because blockbuster bought them. So in my town before blockbuster went out of business, there was literally a blockbuster where you could stand on the roof and throw a rock and hit the other blockbuster. Oh, wow. Because Hollywood video blockbuster bought Hollywood video and turned Hollywood videos into blockbusters. Uh, And in my town, of course, the Hollywood video went in across the street from the blockbuster because they were their competition. <laughs> and so rather than just closing one like a normal group of people, they just had two blockbusters that were like across the street from each other. Not quite across the street, but they were within like 200 feet of each other. OK. Um, and you could literally stand on the roof of one and just about hit ping the other one with a rock. That's uh, I think they're both mattress stores now. Um, oh, I got to. I have to dedicate an episode to Mattress Firm. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to talk about that. Another yeah, episode. you should. Because um, that is so weird. I, have, so I, we'll live in a, I live in a town of 40,000 people, and I think we have six mattress stores. It's fucking weird, yeah. man. Why are all these mattress stores like around? It's, it's weird. It's bizarre. Like, I mean, we have, we have like a mattress store for every 6,000 people. Yeah. It's man. messed up. There's freaking mattress stores we have here. There's okay. Well, so okay, someone's so, like someone is eating them. That's the only maybe? reason. That, so there's the only reason that there's this many. There's people out there who are eating mattresses and buying like one a month. That's the only thing I, I can think of. Something I don't know. Um, so another thing that doesn't exist, we're kind of in the video store thing, is uh, TV VCR repair shops. Mm-hmm. There would be like these mostly guys who you know if your TV or VCR broke. 
you know, you were too stupid to know how any of this worked, so you would take it to this guy, and he charged you like two hundred bucks, and he'd fix it for you. Right. And those don't exist anymore. Like the the closest thing that we have now is like the Apple Store. If your iMac like breaks, you just take it to this guy. Right. And... We we live in sort of a disposable economy now, where it's just cheaper to buy a new TV. Yeah, I mean, that too. You know, uh, how much is a big screen TV? You know, a big flat screen right now. Uh, probably three, four hundred. Right. And you can just you can go buy a, a new better TV than the one that just broke. Because uh, when these when these TVs and VCRs, you know, back in the eighties, they cost literally like thousands of dollars. Right. Like the first like VCRs were like easily fifteen hundred dollars. Right. I mean, I remember when I was when I was a kid, a little kid. Uh, one of my sisters was babysitting someone, uh-huh. and she came home. She's like, "Yeah, we watched Superman the movie." Hmm. And my mom was like, "Oh, was it on TV?" She's like, "No, they had a machine, <laughs> and what they had was a laser disc player." Oh yes. Which for for those of y'all who were uh, too young to remember laser discs, a laser disc was a giant. Like, it looked like an LP, like a vinyl record album. And I can say that because those are coming back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looked like it was about that size. And you would pop it into the machine, and it would come right back out. And it would just play the movie. Imagine a DVD, but the size of an LP. Yes. That that was exactly a laser disc. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And it was pre-VHS. Yes, it was. Um, But... They were like they were super limited. Like you couldn't like rewind them. Like no. once you started it, like you had to watch the movie through. Yeah, yeah. Pausing was weird. Right. I and mean, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't rewind it. And okay, so I I think I told the story before. I don't remember. But um, my friend Bill has a laser disc player, and uh, I would go with him to thrift shops, and we would go look for uh, laser disc movies. And one day we were out and we found The Exorcist on Laserdisc, and uh, so uh, we, you know, he bought it. It was only like I don't know, five bucks, ten bucks, so something. And we took it back to his place and we're like, let's uh, let's watch this tonight. This is so awesome. You know, we've seen Exorcist before, obviously, but it was on Laserdisc. We never seen it on Laserdisc, so this was cool. So the thing about Laserdisc that I didn't realize until that that till that day was there's like two discs. And the movies are on both sides of the discs, but they never picked a stopping point for when the disc would end. So it would literally be like in the middle of a scene, in the middle of a line, and the disc would just end. Right. <laughs> and then it would just pop out. <laughs> and then you'd be like, what the? F-? And it's The Exorcist, too. So, you know, you're all intense and this, you know, terrifying shit's happening. And then it'd be like, well, she's pussy. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, holy shit, what the fuck? Yeah, it was like, it wasn't done like, yeah, we'll end this one like a minute earlier so it like ends at a scene. It would, you know. No. Oh, I, I remember watching, um, I was watching uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead on some shitty streaming service, mm-hmm. a free streaming service. And it was like, it would pop up ads like every 10 minutes. Oh yeah, and it, but it wasn't. It would just pop them up like when it hit the point. It would hit. It was like it, it's yeah, gonna yeah, be an yeah, ad yeah. in ten minutes. And so you've seen it, of course. And there's yeah, the yeah. the scene near the end where the the little girl has reanimated and is killing her oh, mom with yeah, a yeah, trowel, yeah. right? Yep, yep. And so it's like I'm watching it. It's like trowel stab, trowel stab, ad, 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And we have like two minutes of ads and a trowel stab. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> but that's exactly what the late ones were like. Um, do you have anything, Steve, that doesn't that used to exist about twenty years ago that doesn't exist now? I mean, if I gave it some thought, probably yeah. Um, but like just off the top of your head, like can you think of anything like um, smoking sections? Yeah, there you used to be able to smoke inside restaurants like all the time for a long time in bars. I mean, that's that's it's, it's a recent thing. Like it is. When yeah, we moved out here. I was um. I was thinking about getting a part-time job as a bouncer mm. at, at a local bar. And, you know, for a, a overweight 50-year-old, that's funny. But 20 <laughs> years ago, when I was 32 and we moved out here, I had just tested for a black belt. So, oh, okay. I mean, it was not a stupid thought to say no, I no, could yeah, be yeah. a bouncer. I mean, I newly minted black belt. I could kick a little ass. Um, I was only laughing because I think you're a peaceful guy, I am, not because but, of your ship of your shape. Right. Well, I, but, <laughs> I was laughing because of you're you're like a very peaceful Zen guy. So picturing you as a as right. a bouncer is kind of funny. That's like, all I was laughing at. My wife wouldn't let me do it because uh, she's like, I I don't want you in that environment where you're. And it wasn't like I don't want you in that environment because there's drunk people and it's going to be dangerous. It was I don't want you in that environment because it's all smoke all the time. Like it's oh, yeah. bad for your health. Yeah. So I didn't do it, and I mean the irony, of course, is now I could do it, and I'm I'm fat and out of shape, so I can't do it. Um, but I mean, it was a it was a genuine thing that I was thinking about doing. But you could smoke in bars and smoke in restaurants, and you could smoke on airplanes. Airplanes, yeah, you totally could smoke on airplanes, uh-huh. which is probably really weird to people nowadays. Like, how the fuck do you smoke on an airplane? Like you did, well, you, you, right? And the you, you totally did. The irony is that. Air quality on airplanes is worse now. Yeah. Because what they do is they just recycle the same air. Yeah, yeah. But back in the day, they would flush the cabin like every eight minutes to get rid of the yeah. smoke. So it was always oh. fresh air coming in. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, the air quality is actually worse in airplanes now than it used to be. But, you know, whatever. Um, I, yeah, it, it just um, – that's the one that strikes me because smoking used to be so – normal mm-hmm. uh, people still smoke obviously but less and because vaping is now a thing oh, yeah. um, like there aren't ashtrays everywhere right mcdonald's used to have ashtrays yes little tin someone, posted a, someone used posted a picture of a mcdonald's ashtray and i'm like i remember that the i remember seeing tin, them all the time yeah like they had like little wavy edges <laughs> yeah you yeah, yeah. cigarette in like yeah. like when you were a kid like when i was a kid and I keep saying, like, when I was a kid, but I mean, even, like, when I was in high school, like, if you took a shop class or something, mm-hmm. one of the things that you would make would be, like, an ashtray. Ashtray, yeah. That is true. Because everyone had ashtrays. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad smoked for years, and, and then he quit. But, like, we still had ashtrays in our house. Yeah. Because, like, everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. My best friend's parents smoked his dad smoked winston's oh, like, wow. i mean i remember that my dad's brand was true which doesn't even exist anymore hey, that's um, nothing. so uh you know but yeah like that was the thing like like there were ashtrays and lighters in cars yeah well that's that's the thing now too like in cars now there are um there's a lighter socket but like if you buy a car and you want a lighter you have to ask for it yeah it exactly. come automatically in the car because now it's used to like charge your phone. 
<laughs> right, right. There's like the outlet for that, but it, the yeah. outlet's like this is the phone charger. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah, and like your your car has a USB now. Um, but yeah, there yeah. used to be like cars always had a cigarette lighter in them. It did. Um. So yeah, that's that's probably the one that I can think of off the top of my head. If I really thought about it, yeah, I could probably think right. of a few more. But um, right. yeah, for, so for, those are just a small sampling of you know things that you know we used to have just about twenty years ago that doesn't exist. It's just so weird. Like you know, I mean, I know like things move on and times change, and you know, back in like the seventeen hundreds, we had like you know people that made girdles all the time and now no one makes girdles anymore you know buggy whips yeah you know stuff like that yeah but you know it's just stuff that like you remember just growing up with that just no longer exists and it's just weird you know what i I will tell you one you know what they don't have anymore i mean i know they still exist but they don't exist like they used to Hmm. video arcades okay those are kind of making a weird comeback though they are but like when but I, you're right. They were gone for a while. Well, you know, growing up, there was a, a video arcade. Actually, ironically, not that far from the video bug, okay. um, and it was huge. Like it was, it was the mecca of video arcades when I grew up. If you could go to Galaxy World, that was like, oh man, Galaxy World was the shit. If you were into that, and of course I was, and Galaxy World was—I mean, it's gone now. It was, it was attached to a, a bowling alley, and it's gone. It's like a car dealership now. I mean, it's completely gone. <laughs> okay. But it was huge. It was a huge arcade. Um, but I have actually found one. So for those of y'all in the Chicago area, um, and the next time you're out in the Chicago area, Jason, this is something you can do for a day. Okay. In Brookfield, there okay. is a video arcade called Galloping Ghost. I think I've actually heard of that. It's I think a, I remember someone mentioned that to me before. It's, a, it's like a city block-sized warehouse. Ooh. And they have like 750 different games. Oh, sweet! And it's um, it's free play. You walk, you pay to get in, and you can play whatever you want for the whole day for free. Okay. So it's like twenty bucks to walk in for the day. Um, so the last time I went to Galloping Ghost, I paid you know my twenty bucks to get in, and I found the X Men, the upright X Men machine. Okay. That, do you remember that game? I think so. Yeah. I played it through twice. Oh. I just sweet. I just played X Men for like three hours. It was great. Awesome, but I mean that was the thing years and years ago was you would walk into a place and it was like um, it was like slot machines have become now. There were video games everywhere, like there'd be like Pac-Man machines in bowling alleys and like gas stations. Yeah, yeah. I mean there would be you know Space Invaders machine freaking everywhere. Yes, Um, yes. There would be like restaurants that had a little side room with a little tiny arcade. Yes, they did. Movie theaters had little video arcades in them. They were everywhere. Coin-op video games were a huge deal. Yeah. And it was even though there were um, there were home game systems like one of the things that would happen would be you'd have the coin-op games and then like the home systems would fight to see which ones got to like it was like oh the atari 2600's getting asteroids and it would mm. be like that would be like that would be a reason to buy the 2600 right and sometimes they would be terrible like the 2600 pac-man was terrible <laughs> um but i mean they were they were everywhere video arcades were freaking everywhere and now they're you know now you have to hunt for them but like you'd go to Great America, Great America, the, the uh, um, amusement park, like a Disney World for Chicago, um, mm. 
had a gigantic video arcade. And, like, you'd go to Great America to go on rides. Oh, yeah. to go to the video arcade. <laughs> but, I mean, it was packed. It would be huge. Yeah. So, yeah, that, there you go. That's that's there something that, that used to exist and doesn't exist anymore. All right, so I'm interested in hearing what all of you have to say about things that that no longer exist, that existed 20 years ago. You can email me at whateverjasonsoto at gmail.com. And with that, we are going to end this episode. Woo-hoo. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to take the next uh, couple of weeks off so I can celebrate Thanksgiving and get ready to do battle for a $10, 48-inch flat-screen TV. But when I come back, uh, I'm going to have my friend Mary on uh, for a very special episode uh, where we will briefly turn, for one episode anyway, into a true crime podcast. I'm just so stay curious. Tuned for that. I'm just curious. When you say it's a very special episode, does that mean like it's going to be like a very special episode of Blossom, and we're all going to learn an important lesson? No, we're going to talk about murder a lot. <laughs> oh, okay, just <laughs> wanted to make sure. You know, it's like it's a very special Punky Brewster. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no one's getting trapped in any refrigerator. Well, maybe someone's trapped in a refrigerator okay. and they get killed. Awesome. Uh, Alright, uh, Whatever with Jason Soto was hosted by me, Jason Soto. And that can be found on Twitter at WhateverJSoto. Or, as I said, you can email me at WhateverJasonSoto at gmail.com. Also, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, I post funny memes on there most times, and then I post new episodes on there as well. So check that out. I'd like to thank my special co-host this week, Steve Honeywell. Mm-hmm. Go check out his writings over at 1001plus.blogspot.com. Steve, I have an awesome time with you as always. Thank you very much for uh, slicing a little time out of your life uh, to come on my new stupid podcast. Oh, Jason, you and know you're the, was... you're the only reason I ever come back to podcast. It's always just for you. <laughs> Well, thank you. I very much appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for, for coming on Anytime. and talking talking serious nonsense with me. Uh, this podcast can be found on Podomatic, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get podcasts from. Now, since technically this is now an Apple product, you can look forward to me introducing a new model of this podcast in three months' time. It'll be the exact same model, but it'll cost more for some reason, and you all will buy it, or else. The opening and closing music is Battle of Who Could Care Less by Ben Folds 5 off their album, Whatever and Ever, Amen. I do not own the song, nor do I exactly have permission to use it, but I do have fair use on my side, and I'm not making off this podcast. So if someone wants to pay me money for this show, I will come up with an original song or just pay a band to cover it. That is going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank you all very, very much for listening. And uh, click those likes on wherever you're listening to this from. And as always, keep your head in the clouds and your feet in the mud. Good night, everybody. Whatever. Whatever.